This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Sometimes, like, children can be given, like, all the tools from their parents, Rebbeim, and then they're still lacking confidence. Like, what? what's that from? Every case is different, meaning there's no specific answer. Sometimes people get, quote-unquote, tools, but those tools might be in the sense of somebody who who I don't want to use the word soften them for life or baby them through life. And they think that they got all the tools for life, but that's not really giving your children tools to, to compete in life, to be there in life. I, I just saw something. It, it really struck me. It said every time, every time, you know, your parents would say to you, Oh, you wearing a coat shape a lot. Like, enough, you know, these sniffles, right? Like every time, like a mother or grandmother, you know, does that. This person was saying it's it's one of the worst things you can do for your family. Why? They were saying because your body, physical body, when you push its limits is when it actually, when it thrives. Think about people, you go to the gym, right? You're in the most uncomfortable situation, right? A person who goes outside and they're not buttoned up like, you know, where they're wearing goggles when it's 47 degrees outside. Like they're, they're okay. Like they're, yeah, it's fine. Your immune system gets stronger. Your arms get stronger. Your heart gets stronger. Like when you push your limits a little bit, you actually grow stronger. So it doesn't mean that a person should beat down their family because that's very dangerous also. But when a person grows up in a home where they're, where they're, where they're coddled and there's helicopter parenting and the children are just not able to make mistakes, allow your kids to make mistakes. Allow your children to make mistakes. Allow your husband to make mistakes. Allow yourself to make mistakes. There's no such thing as a mistake. I just saw this in a book. It blew my mind. Person said, there's no such thing as a mistake. There's no such thing as a mistake. Every time you do something that you consider a failure, it's called preparation. The person gave a great example. They said, imagine you have a person who shows up to a test. It's a hundred question test. In order to pass, you need to get 65 questions. Right, right? You have to get a 65 passing grade. You sit down, you look at question one, you don't know anything. Question two, no idea. Question three, zero, four. Zero, five, zero, six, zero, nothing. You don't know one thing. You look at the test, you're on question 36. You didn't get one thing right so far because you don't know one thing. You don't know anything. A person who is a failure, they leave. They go, I failed, I'm leaving. A person who looks at it, that failure is a preparation for success. They say, I'm gonna fail this test, but I'm gonna use this test to prepare me for the time that I'm gonna pass. Let me get information out of this. What type of questions do they ask? What topics do they question me on? How tricky are the questions? Where do they keep going over and over and over? Those are the things I have to study, right? That person will glean information from a absolute zero. They didn't know anything from this test. A person who is a failure will walk out of the test. They'll be like, I failed. So why am I sitting here? It's one of the most fundamental ideas in life. We're in Ella. We're a few days before Rosh Hashanah. Is that when you fail, when you fall, when you right? Sheva Yipot Tzadik become Person falls. Part of the ability to get back up to get stronger is the ability to fail. But the difference between a failure and somebody who's not a failure is somebody who's willing to push forward and learn from the mistakes that they made. How often do we make mistakes and we like write it off and it's not a mistake, it's not like lose our mind. You could say like, yeah, that was a good try. You, you'll get it next time. No, no, do even a ball, right? You give a kid a ball. If your kid is like running down the down down the court and dunking, you know, behind his head when he's two years old, something's wrong with your child. That's not a normal thing. Your kid's going to drop the ball. They're not going to know how to dribble. They're not going to know how to shoot. It takes years to hone that skill. So many things in life take years. 
Emotions take years. To be really calm takes years. To be truly confident takes years. So when your spouse is not and they're a little off, big deal. A lot of times when I sit with couples, I use this word. I say, is this a story or a non-story? What do I mean? Sometimes they say a story and I'm like, okay, I, I hear you. That's a non-story. What do you mean it's a non-story? But, but this is what happened. Okay, it happened. Not a, That's what happened. Meaning it happened. Not the biggest deal in the world. Can we move on past this? Yeah, but you don't understand. Like, no, I do understand. This is what happened. Somebody messed up, but, but, but she didn't bring this fast enough. Okay, fine. I hear you. Could we move past this? No, but you don't understand. No, I do understand. You don't understand. You don't understand that harping on this, how you're reacting to this is creating the problem. Your spouse messed up. Wow. They messed up. Your children messed up. Wow. They messed up. People mess up in life. It's a part of life. The difference between how you react to that is, is, is all the difference. This is what I was saying before that a lot of times it's not about what happened. It's about what you, what you did or what your reaction was to what happened. And that is oftentimes the difference between a success and, and, and a marriage that's just struggling. A lot of times I'm sitting there listening to the stories and I'm like, wow, there's like not one story. And the couple's like, no, 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 I have like 80,000 things. And I'm like, no, I don't have anything. They're like, no, but you don't understand. I have 80,000. I'm like, yeah, I don't have any. Like my, my sheet is blank. And sometimes they're saying like, oh, it's not a big deal, this and this. And I'm like, wow, you guys have like 20 issues, right? Because your, your issues are so core that you don't realize that they're issues. You thought that you successfully navigated this because you didn't talk this out or you, you know, went into your own separate ways for the last week. That's, that's a problem. We have to be able to talk to each other. That's a problem. And I'm like writing down the issues. They're like, no, we had a good week. We didn't see each other the whole week. And it was wonderful. Like I avoided my spouse and slept in a hotel and it was just wonderful. And I'm like, uh-huh. Oh, wow. This is a problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so the ability to discern, like, is this, is this, is this a story or a non-story? I think is, is, is super important. But yes, a lot of times people do have things in life that they get. And a lot of times those things are good. And sometimes there are outside factors that affect somebody's confidence. That sometimes is for sure the case, meaning something could affect somebody's confidence even when they get things from their parents, for sure. But at the same time, a lot of times parents may think they're doing a good job or a husband may think he's doing a good job or a wife may think she's doing a good job. And your good job is, is it's nice. You're giving your kids a lot, but you're also not giving them the ability to fail. You're not giving them the ability to be resilient, to be confident. These are These are real emotions that take a very, very long time to deal with. I had, I had a girl that I was talking to recently with her mother. And, and every time I would ask the girl a question, her mother interjected. And I asked the girl a question, and the mother interjected. I turned to the mother. I said, you are such a wonderful mother. It's amazing how caring you are about your daughter. Baruch Hashem. She's walking down the aisle in a few minutes. So I'm going to need her participation in this particular moment. So if we could just have you sit on the side for a minute and she could answer her questions, I think that would be very helpful for her for the rest of her life. Right? This girl, this girl has to be able to step into the role of being a married woman. She has to be able to make decisions. Her mother is an amazing mother. She cares so much for her daughter. It's very good. But now is your daughter able to care for herself? Right? Are, are, are you like walking down the aisle and then continuing home with them? I hope not. Right? She, she needs to be able to like make decisions on her own. That's a skill. That's a skill. That's something that really has to take place. So yeah, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here, but I think that sometimes people are very good, but they have to view what they're doing. There's an underlying principle here. Yeah. Yeah, sure. What if you believe and trust your husband in some areas, but not totally in others? How do you learn to trust your husband if you think he's just weak in? How do you learn to, he's just, oh, he's weak in, he's weak in those areas. 
Um, that's a good question. I, I think I'm going to argue over here that, you know, most people are weak in areas that they're not strong in. <laughs> Meaning to say, the only reason you're strong in one area is not because you're naturally gifted in that area. We learn, we adapt, we grow. Our brains are capable of doing so many things. So if your husband is not strong in a certain area, the same way that you would do something for your children, you would say, I'll give you an example. Let's say you wanted your children to learn to pay the bills in the house, right? A very complex skill, which requires you keeping track of three different utility companies, right? That have to go out once a month. So some people can't figure this out for some reason, right? And you just circle on your calendar, like when it needs to happen and, 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 your children or your husband, just, they just can't figure it out. They're like, I don't know. How am I supposed to figure out? Like that it says in huge letters exactly the number that I have to write on the check and the place where I have to mail it. I just can't figure this whole thing out, right? So you'd be wise to sit with them two, three, four, five, ten times until they get it. And then I guarantee you it won't take them ten times to figure out that there's literally three bills every month that come to your house. You could probably set it on auto pay, but if you don't want to do that, that's fine. And then you'll pay those bills. And it's a skill. It's a skill. It's a basic skill, but it's a skill. You, you don't yell at them. You don't belittle them. You don't tell them you're weak or you're dumb or you're stupid. You can't figure this out. You say to them, no, I know this is something you didn't grow up doing. You never had to pay a bill because you were in yeshiva. I think this is an important thing for you to do. Let's do this together. Let's do this together. Let's do this together. And on the fourth month, you go, you got this? You figured this out already? Wow, I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. What a genius. Like you were able to figure out how to write out three checks and mail it out to the appropriate place. And then they learn the skill. Just like you do with your child. I once had somebody who misquoted me. I, I said, the same way you would do this with your five-year-old, you should do that with your spouse. And they, they wrote down, Rabbi Epstein said, my husband is a five-year-old. I said, no, I didn't say your husband's a five-year-old. <laughs> the same skill that you as a parent would teach your child something that they're not strong at, that's the skill that you should you know, teach your husband or teach your wife. How, do, how is anybody supposed to you know, go through life just picking up new skills by osmosis. I once sat with a woman who was in her 50s, in her 50s, who never wrote out a check in her life. And we sat down and she literally had a whole checkbook and she said, show me how to do it. It was the first time she had to do this. And I said, okay, here's how you do it. I, I kid you not, she went through the entire checkbook. She wrote like the name in the signature. She Everything was all over the checkbook. And, and she never, she said, I was literally, I was coddled from a child. Like when I was a child, I got married at a very young age. My husband took care of everything. She she never wrote a check. She said, "Please teach me how to do this." And then at the end, she 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 like finally like she got it. Baruch Hashem, she learned how to how to do this. But like, yeah, she never had the skill. Okay, fine. She never saw a check in her life. She didn't understand how it worked. Fine. So now you teach a person, and then they have the skill, and then they move on. Your husband didn't come into marriage with like all of his skills for the rest of his life, and you didn't come into marriage with all of your skills for the rest of the life. Every single person comes in, we're adaptable creatures. We learn things. We have a mind. We have a brain. We have skills that we develop throughout the course of our life. Don't be frustrated with the person that you're married to because they don't have the skills that you want them to have at this point. Encourage them and empower them and believe in them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you teach your husband without belittling him? That, that, that person should stand up in their house and, and, and take a bow that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. See, that's where we get frustrated, right? We go, why? You don't know how to do that? Are you kidding me? Who raised you, right? That, that is the skill. Hagufa, that is the skill to be able to look yourself in the mirror and be like, I have to learn patience. If I want to be a successful wife, I have to learn patience. If I want to be a successful mother, I have to learn patience. 
This is not something your spouse is going to pick up in a minute. That, I think they're hitting the nail on the head. That is the essence of what this means. It's, it's a skill within, within a skill. In order for you to empower your husband or your wife or your child to do something, you have to be able to be patient. You have to be able to sit down and be like, I hear you. You're not good at this. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, but it's amazing that you're trying. I see the effort that you're putting in. It, it, you know, the, the ability to, to have, to have mental toughness doesn't mean the person who's tough and therefore their, their, their mentality is tough. It's the ability to, to say, I'm going to show up again, even though I'm not yet there. Even I'm going to push myself to my limits. But how is your spouse supposed to push themselves to, to their limits when all they're hearing is criticism and belittling? How is that going to happen? You have to believe in them an iota, a bit, something within their limits, an acceptance of who they are. Fine. They don't know how to do this skill, but can you do part of this skill? Can we get started with this? But not in a belittling way. I agree with you a million percent. When this, I think, is literally the essence of 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 this of this mida. This share is so important. Sorry to say this is so important. There's so many people. There's so many people who struggle with this. Believing in your spouse means believing in your own patience. Believing in your child means believing in your own patience. Looking in the mirror and saying, "Wow, <laughs> this is not easy. I'm going to have to be the one who's going to have to be really patient." In order, in order to have the spouse that I'm going to build up, 100%. You want your spouse to, to become a doctor? You know how much patience you need? An accountant? You know how much patience you need? I always say, like, after I pass my CPA, they should have had my wife's name on, on, that, on that certificate. The amount of patience she needed, the schooling, the testing, all that stuff, you don't get that overnight. That's not, you don't wake up one day an accountant. You don't wake up one day and you have a degree. That's tons of investment of time. And the person who's believing in you as you're going through it and you're killing yourself, that person deserves as much credit as you do. But imagine the wife who's sitting there going like, oh, you can't do this. Oh, this is not for you. Oh, I'm so-. like, like the first day of school. Okay, so you're right. I'm out of here. It's the person who believes in the person. But from the first day of school till you get your CPA, the amount that your brain just expands is, is unbelievable. A kid who goes into ninth grade and comes out in 12th grade is a different, is a different kid. That's the formative years of a kid. So why is it any different with a husband and wife? The minute you get married till the 50th year of your marriage, you're a different person. But part of those years, the, 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 the effort that goes into those years is people who work on their own patience, on the ability to, to take a skill that they want their spouse to have, to believe in them. And I think this all goes hand in hand that you're looking in the mirror and you're saying to yourself, I'm a part of this equation. I'm a part of this equation. Next time you complain, oh, my husband doesn't or my, my wife doesn't or my kid doesn't, first ask yourself, where am I in this story? I, I, I think that's one of the most important questions to ask in a marriage setting. Where am I in this story? And if, it, if the answer only is I'm a victim, then you're probably not asking the right question. You're not, you're not really viewing it with the right anivas of understanding, no, maybe you're part of the problem. How can I be part of the problem? They didn't do it right. Yeah, fine. But you're still part of the problem because you're not part of the solution. And being part of the solution is having a little bit of achna, a little bit of anivas, not just pointing fingers and being like, oh, keep it up, aim. See, I was, I was right and she was wrong. No, no, no. Like the other fans like, no, no, no. Your daughter was the one that was right. You were the one that was wrong. Having that ability is, is, is super important. I think that, yeah, if you're not part of the solution, there's a good chance you're part of the problem. Not because you did anything wrong, but because you're not part of the solution. Your spouse doesn't have the skill. Figure out how you help them 
go along this th- these lines. I'm sure there's probably people listening to this that are not happy with us. Meaning, I'm sure from I'm sure there's a lot of psychological models out there that disagree with this entirely. I'm sorry if uh, anybody's offended. Um, they could send an email to Shani and she'll deal with this. But <laughs> I, I, I truly believe this to be to be like really true. I see this with couples all the time, all the time. I know people are going to say, "Yeah, but you have to take responsibility for your own life," and not. You're married. You know what I mean. Where are you in the marriage? Where are you in your children? Where are you in, in the chinuch? It, it, it's your own. I think this person who has this question is amazing. This is such a great question. She wants to ask live. Okay, go ahead. Um, I was just wondering, isn't it isn't it better to just be fully accepting of where they're at and know they don't have certain skills and that's okay because nobody has everything instead of teaching them. Like I think, like teaching them is like belittling them and you know. I, I hear your question. I think that it, it, they're, you're, they're both right. Meaning accepting who they are currently means that they don't have the skills that you expect them to have currently. Teaching them a skill is the greatest thing you can do for your family. Teaching them a skill. Why in the world should your husband not learn whatever skill it is that you want him to learn? He's resistant mm-hmm. to it. Fine. So you have to figure out if you're pushing something that's not good for him to learn. Cause but, he's not me. He's him. He great. has his own. So, so, so who's him? He's, he's the guy who's unskilled. No, he, he has no. so many skills, right? He has so many skills. We have to stop. People are not, are not, are not people. The, the ability for a person to expand themselves to, 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 to the greatest levels, like of expansion of knowledge of skill. I guarantee you at your husband's work, who, wherever he works, if he has a good boss, if he has a good chevra, there's somebody pushing him there and he his skill level grew a thousand times since his first day. I guarantee you when your husband went to yeshiva the first day in ninth grade till he graduated either 12th grade or base medrash, his, his knowledge, his ability, his analytical ability, it grew a thousand or maybe 10,000 times from the day that he walked in the door. Why does a, a spouse have to walk into marriage and the, the, the minute they show up till the minute they, 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 they exit the relationship after 120 years, they're the same thing. That, that makes absolutely no sense. Person gets married at 19, all of a sudden they're stuck for life at 19. No, it makes no I'm sense. Not... I once met a woman, true story. I met a woman. I, I was sitting with my wife and we looked at each other. This person was, I'll say in their forties. And at one point I said to them, excuse me, how old were you when you got married? And they were very, very young, very young. We entered into a conversation and I turned to my wife after I said, such a chaval, this person is literally stuck at like 14 years old, stuck, stuck. They got into this relationship and they are just stuck. They have not grown out of this 14 year old brain, stuck. Sit with people who are in the sixties and seventies, stuck, 15, 16 year old maturity level, stuck. Your husband gets married. That's who he is. I, I just have a hard time believing that. It's not belittling to say to your spouse, I believe in you. Why don't you believe in you? Why are we, why are we selling ourselves so short in what the other person can accomplish in their life? Forget you. Don't think about this from your ego. What am I getting out of them? Like, how am I squeezing this lemon dry to get out every drop of what they could do for me? Like, you do bookkeeping. Your husband is like, he's too, he's too like, intellectually challenged to be able to like hop like how how to do bookkeeping you're the only one in the family that can do it you can't hop anything 
He can't pay a bill. He can't pay a bill. I don't understand. He's too, he has like three left hands. He can't take out the garbage. Like he's building, like he's building homes with his hands. Right. And then it comes, it comes to, to the, like, he can't do it. No, he can't do it. Why can't he do it? Take the microphone. Right. Why not? He can't do it. I don't understand. It makes absolutely no sense to me. No, I, we were saying. Yeah. What are you thought, saying? Go ahead. No, we were saying things that he's not good at, right? Nobody's good at everything. So I'm not saying you come into a marriage and that's where you stay stuck. For sure not. Absolutely not. But there are some things that some people are better at and some people are worse at. So instead of expecting what they're weaker at to, to change and grow, just it's so much better and so much healthier to just accept it, that this is what it is. And of course, you have hope for the future, but you're not trying to change. And I think when a person is accepted, then growth comes naturally instead of trying to teach him. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying the first half. I, I a little bit disagree with what you're saying the second half, meaning it starts with true acceptance of who your spouse is. There has to be that. There has to be that. We agree. Full stop. Now let's turn to the next chapter. Chapter two, okay? Giving additional skills to your spouse, 101, okay? You believe that whatever they currently can do, they can probably push themselves and learn more. Doesn't mean you have to change them. It's not your job to change them. But if empowering them to do something that they didn't do before will enhance their life or your life, then they probably could do it. How many men get married and they say, I don't do diapers. I don't do bath time. I don't do naps. I don't do bottles. I don't do all these things. And their wife's like, okay, okay. <laughs> you, you never did that in your yeshiva dorm? Wow, that's shocking to me. Okay, fine. So I guess like you just don't have that skill and only I have that skill because because I was like a great aunt and I used to like help my sisters out with their children. But you're a man. So you just you just cannot do this. It's it's physically impossible for you to change a diaper. Really? Like like that's <laughs> like you just OK, you can't do it. Why not? Why can't you say to your husband, listen, you're a very capable individual. You run multiple companies. You have your Sadaram, your Chavrusas. You're like the pillar of our community. You do Chesed. You could do a gazillion things. Can't do this skill? That does not compute in my brain. I, again, full acceptance of who they are. But why can't we just acknowledge that, you're, that this, the person could expand who they are? Yeah. How many yeah. people say, you know, I came into this relationship, I, I, I'm ang- like, I'm angry. I was just talking to somebody. He said, he said, I'm, I'm very, what do you say? He said, I'm a very blunt individual. I said, great. Now you're married. Stop being a blunt individual. He said, but, but, but I'm, 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 I'm blunt. I just say things how they are. And I'm like, he said, I'm, I'm rough around the edges. And it just, it just, that's how, that's who I am. Well, my friends know that. I said, great. You're married. Stop. He was like, but, but, but this is who I am. And like, I was once sitting somewhere and someone said, he said, if, if you marry, if you marry an orange tree, don't expect apples. So, well, if your wife likes apples, you better learn how to make apples, right? Why do we get married and just simply say, this is who I am? Our entire emotional ability, our skills, everything for life, it just stops when we get married. You're 16 years old. You meet somebody. You're 18 years old. You're 20 years old. Boom, we're done. For the next hundred years, I'm absolved from doing everything. What, what is that? That's, that's like literally the antithesis of what it means to be alive, right? The altar of Sabatka, he says, every time in the morning you get up, you say, you say to yourself, I have the kaya to do anything in the world that I want to accomplish. Every person says that, not just the single people. 
You get married, you have the ability to do anything. So I agree with you. Chapter one is how to accept your spouse. Let's write a chapter on that. Now let's take a big pause and say, and chapter two, how to teach your spouse to do things that they didn't know how to do before you got married. Are they going to be the greatest diaper changer? No, they're not because they didn't come into marriage with this skill. But I guarantee you after changing 10, 20 or 30 diapers, they're going to figure it out. Right? And if you just turn to them and you go like, well, I guess, you know, you showed up finally to change the diaper to help me around the house. You're right. Then that person's not going to help you with the diaper change. But that's not because of them. That's because of the attitude that you took towards them. So you, you keep giving practical examples. And I totally get that because that's very technical. But there's so much more to a person than just like changing diapers. That I hear because that's a technical thing and anybody could be trained with technical stuff. But Emo- what, so what are we talking about here? Emotions? Emotions can't be, can't be, can't be trained? They, they could, but, but I don't think that it's, we should be training another person. That's, they have to figure it out themselves. And we just have to be there for them and accept it and wait for it to come from them. But if we're gonna if we're gonna edge it along, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Like technical I, stuff. I, I totally hear you with. I'm gonna take a so page out sense. of this book, and I'm gonna say, now you heard another opinion. I I I hear you. I hear you. I I I think that there is a mahalach over here that in a good marriage, your spouse is pushing you, and your spouse is challenging you because it's coming out of real love. You don't sit back and and allow. And allow anything in your life to happen organically. You don't allow anything in your life to just blossom and, and take root. You put in work. And in, in a good relationship, there's two people that are pushing each other. You can do this. If, if my wife didn't believe in me, nothing that I do in my life would ever have come to, to, to reality. And vice versa. Vice versa. I was just talking to somebody. This guy is a Marine. He was a Marine for many years. And he said, the human, the human body, human mind, cannot push yourself through pain. You can push yourself to pain. You can't push yourself through pain. You'll drop and you'll stop. An external force can push you. It can make you push yourself further than you ever knew that you can go. I was like, I really appreciate that. Having somebody else in your life who encourages you, I'm not saying belittles you, who encourages you. You can do it. Let me help you. I'll study with you. Why is that a bad thing for marriage? I'm like, tell me if I'm missing something. Yeah, go ahead. Doesn't work. Explain to me where I, it, it works. It works. Okay. Um, I think like, I don't know. I, I just, this is what I think, but I think there's two different points that I think that this is what you're trying to say. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think there's one point of like, you know, like your spouse wants to whatever, get a degree or whatever, whatever it is that they want to do and you're encouraging them into it. And then there's another point where like, you know, changing a diaper is not exactly like a whole major grand skill, like whatever. Anyone can learn that. They don't, doesn't need to be taught. Right. Um, and then there's the point of like, maybe this is what she's trying to say. I don't know that. Let's say one person is better at finances or one person is better at cooking or not necessarily is it the wife? Maybe it's the husband. I don't right. know. Whatever it is. So everyone has their thing that they're better at. So it doesn't mean that both people have to be like, equal at knowing how to do finances one person can be responsible for it but at the other point i think what you're saying is that they don't either the second person doesn't either have to be crippled and not know how to write a check when they're 50 i think that's what you're saying yeah like it doesn't have to be equal but like it doesn't like there could be one person that is better at the finances and that person is usually in charge of finances but the other person is not either like a zero is that what you're i don't know yeah I, 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 100 percent. yes i don't think they both have to become 
you know, CPAs and doctors and lawyers and, and cooks and chefs, you know what I'm saying? I don't think everybody has to excel to the level of like international recognition in every area of life. But I think that overall within our lives, how many people look at their spouse and they go like, oh, they're not good at this or they're not smart like this or they don't have the ability to do that, but they do. And I'll, I'll just take this to one step further. And again, if you disagree, I'm sorry. If you disagree with this, let me clarify something here, okay? In a, in, okay, let me think how to say this in a way that will be uh, acceptable, okay? Okay, I would hope, I would hope, okay, that as a goal, if you were setting like couple goals, okay, on your wall, that you would say to yourself, I hope to get my marriage to the point where I am accepting of my spouse, but also at the same time that I am accepting of criticism from my spouse so that I can say to my spouse, tell me what I can work on or tell me something that I'm not that great at that you can help me and encourage me and we can we can empower ourselves to live the most and get the most out of this life. I agree with you. If somebody is belittling and teaching and talking down, then then yes, then their spouse is going to look at it and say, I- I'm sorry, I'm out of here. I'm going to go somewhere where that's not what's happening. But I am telling you that your spouse has a million underlying abilities and skills that are untapped, as do you. We all do. And there's knowledge that you don't know that you don't know. And if you put your mind to something, you can grow and you can expand that. And if somebody else pushes you and encourages you to do that, and you love them and care for them, and they have the same reciprocity, like they're the same thing to you, then you'll be accepting. You'll be like, wow, that's that's amazing. I never thought I could take an EMT course, or I never thought I could take a CPR course just to have a skill for my, for my, for my family. Something should happen. I should know basics of what to do. That's a skill, right? You don't even know that you don't know that because you never put your mind to that. But there's a million free courses happening in every community to teach you this skill. So if your, if your spouse says to you, you know, you'd be really good at this. I think you should go take that thing. Well, it's like, not me. It's not my type. What am I doing? You have the ability to do it. So I'm just pointing out that there's underlying stuff. And in a loving marriage, in a marriage where there's real trust and acceptance, there's nobody, people not pushing back so hard. They're willing to listen. They're willing to be like, wow, I didn't know this before. And the last thing I want to say is that your emotions are the same way. You're not patient. Your spouse can help you work on patience. You're not calm. Your spouse can help you work on being calm. You don't know how to keep your emotions down like you always fly up. Turn to your spouse and say, from now till after Sukkot, let's have a great yonder. Whenever you see me getting a little, just wink at me. I'll get back in check. I'm going to work on it. And I need your help. Because Hashem gave it you to me. I don't see my own flaws. When I'm screaming, I don't realize I'm screaming. Please help me. That is what marriage is. The essence of marriage. Azer Konegde doesn't mean that, that, that you wash the dishes and he dries it and puts it away. Azer Konegde means you help the person through life to get closer to Hashem, to live your, most, your innermost potential. That's what it means to live life. That's what it means to be married. So I'm sorry people are somewhat offended or disagree with this. But the bottom line is, is that I agree with you. You're not trying to teach your spouse in a negative way. I'm the principal and you're the student. No, that's belittling. It's called empowering. Teaching means believing in your child and making sure that you elevate them. Teaching means that you believe in your spouse and you elevate them. In a successful marriage, you have those elements there. So I think this has to be really processed through. But I don't believe I'm saying something that's so radically um, out of line. I would just encourage people to think this through a little bit. In the greatest marriages, I think this element is truly there. 
in other marriages, the minute somebody starts saying something which is out of line with the other person, ah, I can't handle it. So it's, it's a mida, it's a mida. And I think this person was touching on this, whoever they are. I think they were touching on this before. I just don't agree with the idea that we just stunt ourselves from when we're, when we get married. It just makes absolutely no sense. This is a skill. It's a skill. It's couple goals. Hashtag couple goals. Okay. We should try to get there. All right. See everybody. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.